for that new season. Amen. And I'm not just talking about a calendar year. It's just so good to know that we are, when we are in fellowship with God every day can be a new season. Amen. Every day can be that turning point. Every day can just uh, allow us to experience something new in our lives. So I praise God for that. How many of you know God's goodness and faithfulness has brought us through another year? Amen. Brought us through 365 days of ups and downs, of sunshine and rain, of of hard times and good times. But it's His goodness, His faithfulness, and it's His power and presence that's brought us through 2011. And I believe that it's the same power, the same spirit, the same faithfulness that will take us through another 365 days. Amen. If God so chooses to tarry that long. I want to say Happy New Year to everybody, like Pastor Darrell said. You know, we've already had one service uh, on Sunday this year. Uh, Pastor joked around when I called him because I was off on vacation. But when I called him, he said, I wanted you to know that I, I preached the best sermon of the year this year. And I wasn't thinking. I said, well, I heard that. And he said, well, yeah, because it was my first and only sermon of the... So this is my first sermon of the year. I hope I've got better ones than this one. I just hope they get better all the time. But before we go on, the title of my message tonight is Opportunity Knocks. And before I go any further with that, let's just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to be with us one more time. Amen. Father God, we just thank you for this season that you've brought us through. God, you've brought us through 2011 by your faithfulness, by your power, by your spirit. God, I know there's been ups and downs, Lord, but it's because of your faithfulness that we're here tonight. So we give you the praise for that, God. I thank you that every day with you is a new season and a new day. God, a new day of blessings, a new day of, uh, of goodness, a new day of mercy, forgiveness, whatever it is that we need, because your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for that, Father. We pray for your anointing to be in this house tonight, to rest upon me and to rest upon your people. God, that you would come against any distracting spirit, any hindering spirit, any disruptive spirit, Father God, so that your word would come forth with clarity, that we would be challenged by your word, moved by your word, touched by your word, Father God, that we would allow the seed of this word to find a place in the soil of our soul, that it would come forth with fruit and fruit that would last. So we praise you for that and ask you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said, the title of my message tonight is Opportunity Knocks. 
In Revelation 3.20, God says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And how many of you know, anytime God knocks at the door of our life, opportunity knocks as well. Every time God knocks upon the door of our heart or upon the door of our life, I want you to know that opportunity stands right beside him. It's up to us whether we open to the door to him or not. But it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, and he will eat with me. I don't know of any greater opportunity we can have than to eat with Jesus Christ, to, to dine with the Father, to sit in his presence, and to experience fellowship with him. But the reality is every new day in 2012 will afford us an opportunity to answer God's call. Every single day in 2012 and the year ahead of us will afford us an opportunity to hear his voice, respond to his voice, to open the door, and to enjoy fellowship with the Father. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want 2012 to be a year of fellowship with my Heavenly Father. I want 2012 to be a season of open doors and being able to sit and dine with the Father and to have fellowship with Him and He with me as well. And I I, I pray that that's your desire as well. Now, the truth is, as we enter 2012, as well as you should know this, many people believe it's going to be a year of great difficulty. Many people believe it'll be a year of devastation and even of possible destruction. Many people believe 2012 marks the end of the world. There's been books, there's been movies, there's been literature and writings abound. Many people have predicted the end of mankind in 2012, the end of the calendar, now the end of civilization or the end of time as we know it today. And even though 2012 will be filled with uh, lots of uncertainties, even though 2012 may be a year filled with great difficulty, It might be a year filled with uh, tremendous trouble, according to the word of the Lord, until the clouds roll back, until the angel of the Lord descends with a shout, until the Lord comes to take us home. Every single day will still be filled with opportunity. I don't care if there's only two days left before the Lord returns. Those two days will be filled with opportunity. If it's two weeks before the Lord returns and before the angel of the Lord descends with a shout, we will have two weeks filled with opportunity. And the Bible tells us that we are to make the most of those opportunities. The reality is, at every level of our life, every day, we will be faced with an opportunity. Socially, financially, mentally, relationally. And most of all, spiritually, every day we will have an opportunity at every level of our life. And we must learn to make the most of those opportunities. Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise men, making the most of your opportunity because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, he says, but understand what the will of the Lord is in your life. And according to this scripture, we can say that wise men make the most of their opportunity, but fools let them slip by. According to this passage of scripture, we can say wise men are careful to open the door of opportunity when it knocks, but fools fail to answer. That's actually what Paul is saying. It's it's actually what the word of the Lord is saying is that the wise man, the wise individual makes the most of every opportunity they have, but the fool lets them slip by. 
The first thing that you need, you should notice in this passage of scripture is that the will of the Lord for each one of us is to make the most of every opportunity that's been given to us. You and I are to make the most, especially as Christians, we're to make the most of every single day of our life. We're to make the most of every single week. We're to make the most of every single month. We're to make the most of every single year. We're to make the most of our marriages. We're to make the most of our businesses. We're to make the most of our finances, of our families, of our friendships. But most of all, we are to make the most of the life that God has given to us, especially the new life that God has given to us, especially that new season that God has made available to us. The day that we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and ask him to come into our lives and be master of our soul. From that point on, we are called to make the most of every opportunity we have. And and, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the different opportunities we have, but there's one opportunity above all. The reality is 365 days of opportunity have already come and gone as quickly as possible. I don't know about you, but it seems like every single year, the year goes by faster than it did the year before. And the reality is 2011 is gone, as well as every opportunity that 2011 afforded us. We, we had opportunities in 2011. Listen, I'm talking about myself too. There, there's opportunities I had in every area of my life in 2011 that will never be made available to me again. Some of those opportunities I took advantage of and some I let slip by. Some I made excuses over, but some I, I seemed to tackle. The reality is 365 days have already come and gone along with every opportunity that came along with them. And the reality is... If God tarries, if we are afforded another year, there are, there will be another 365 days of opportunity available to us as well in 2012. And the Word of God challenges us and calls us as sons and daughters of God to make the most of that opportunity. 2012, just like 2011, is a year of opportunity. I don't care how difficult it's going to be. I don't care what the devil tries to do. I don't care what the world says, what the stock market says, what what Wall Street says. I don't care what any of those things. The Bible tells me that whether it's sunny or whether it's, 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 it's gloomy, there is an opportunity for us. And we in 2012 need to make the most of those opportunities, church, because they may never come again. You may not have the opportunity to to demonstrate your affection towards someone. They may be taken home tomorrow. There's a lot of opportunities that we will only have come our way once in a lifetime. And 2012 will be filled with those opportunities. To give you a better understanding of where I'm going tonight, I want you to understand what the word opportunity means. The word opportunity is an appropriate or favorable time or occasion. I want you to understand that 2012 will be an appropriate or favorable time or occasion for us to do what God has called us to do. Every day will be a favorable occasion or a favorable time. It is a situation or condition favorable for attainment of a goal. Whether that goal is financial, whether that goal is in your marriage, whether that goal has something to do with your family or your finances, whether it has to do with your job or whether it has to do with your business or your career or your education, I want you to stand that that's what an opportunity is. It is a favorable, it is a condition or a time favorable for attainment of a goal. There are some goals that each and every one of us should should have set for 2012. 
The Bible tells us that without a vision, the people perish. If you've got no goals, you're going nowhere. If 2012 isn't filled with with goals and you have no desire to make those goals attainable in your life, the Bible actually tells you that you're a fool. Because the wise man makes the most of his opportunities, but the fool lets them slip by. I don't want to be a considered a fool at the end of 2012. Honestly, I'm speaking about myself. There are some things in 2011, some areas in my life for 2011 where I was a fool because I didn't make the most of the opportunities that were granted me at whatever level it might be. I'm not talking just spiritually tonight, but some of us were foolish to let some opportunities go by. We should not let that happen again in 2012. We need to make the most of every opportunity that comes our way. Every day, opportunity means this. We are granted a good position, a good prospect, or a good chance to advance or succeed in almost every area of our life. And if we are wise, the Bible says, we will make the most of those opportunities. If we're foolish... We'll let them slip by. Understand every day we have an opportunity to advance as a husband or advance as a wife, to be a better spouse, the opportunity to be a better father, a better mother, a better sister, better brother, better aunt, better uncle, better grandparent, better friend. Every day we have that opportunity. Every day in 2012 we'll have the opportunity to be a better or a faithful employee or a faithful boss. Every day we'll be granted an opportunity or a favorable occasion To say, I'm sorry, or please forgive me. We'll be granted an opportunity to restore a marriage, to better a marriage, to build up a marriage, to strengthen a marriage. We'll be given an opportunity to maybe go to school, uh, increase our education, maybe get a GED, maybe get a diploma, maybe get a degree. Every day we're granted an opportunity to make a friend or to be one instead. We'll be given an opportunity to pursue a dream, maybe to start a business. Maybe to join a gym, maybe to lose some weight or do a good deed or to learn something we never knew before. Every day we will have an opportunity to do one of those things because every day is filled with opportunity at every level, whether we see it or whether we don't. You see, what we have to learn is to to recognize that opportunity. What we have to be tuned into is that opportunity that's knocking at our door, especially when it comes to spiritual things. The, The reality is there's a lot of people that have never heard the knock of opportunity in their life because they're not tuned into it, because they're tuned into distractions, because they're tuned into all of those other things that will keep them from accomplishing anything in their marriage or anything financial or anything spiritually, anything in their relationship with God. But we have to get to the place where we are wise enough to hear the voice of God. It said, if you hear my voice and open the door. It didn't say, if you hear hear me knock. It said, if you hear my voice, you see, the reality is in 2012, you better be careful who you listen to or you're going to miss your opportunity. You better be careful who you're tuned into because you will lose your chance to advance. You will not succeed in any area of your life if you're listening to the wrong voice. But when you understand the voice, then you will understand that opportunity is knocking. God wants nothing more than to bless His children. God wants nothing more than for you and I to succeed in every area of our life. But if we don't know His voice, church, if we can't be tuned into it, if we're not sensitive to it, if we have not given ear to the Word of the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord, why do you think the Bible says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say? 
2012, listen, if there's anything we should do, it's it, a better job of, it's learning to listen to the voice of the Lord. Because I'm telling you, in 2012, there's going to be more voices than we've ever heard before. There's going to be more evil spirits coming against us as an individual, as a church, as a nation, as a country, than ever before. I believe 2012 will be filled with so many distractions and disruptions in order to keep us from hearing the voice of the Lord. And if we let that happen, we will miss our opportunity. We'll miss our opportunity, church. Every day is filled with an opportunity to say, I love you. It's filled with an opportunity to hug our kids or hug our spouse. It's filled with an opportunity to be a blessing to someone else other than me, myself, and I. Every single day, if you have children, you have an opportunity to raise up your child in the way that he should go or she should go so that when they're old, they won't depart from it. Listen to me. The Bible tells us... You know who a fool is? A fool is someone who doesn't take advantage of that opportunity. A fool is a fool is someone that doesn't take the opportunity to get their kids in church and put them in Sunday school and open up the word of God and teach them the things of God. The Bible says that individuals a fool because they haven't made the most of the opportunity that they have been given. If you have a child like I have a child, every day is an opportunity to introduce them to the love of Jesus Christ, to the compassion and the character of Jesus Christ. And if we don't make the most of those opportunities, we're fools. If we don't take the opportunity to tell our spouse we love them and fuss on them and do some good things for them, we're fools. Because we won't succeed unless we make the most of those opportunities, church. And sadly, some of us, including me, have, have been foolish in some of these areas. And 2012 needs to be different. 2012. Every single day will afford us with an opportunity to be salt of the earth. Every day will be an opportunity to, for us to let our light so shine before men that they can see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. The reality is the list of opportunities. I could spend all night talking about a list of opportunities at every level of our life. But the list of opportunities, the list of appropriate times and occasions and favorable chances for success, that list goes on and on. But what doesn't matter how long or how short that list is, our responsibility as Christians is to make the most of those opportunities. Amen? Because if we don't, God calls us a fool. Like I said, it's foolish for us to not say I love you to someone. It's, it's foolish for us to not say forgive me. It's foolish of us to not say I forgive you. It's foolish for us to not hug. Our, it's, it's foolish for us to not take advantage of some of these opportunities, church, especially when the opportunity has to do with our walk with Jesus Christ. Especially when the opportunity has to do with our spiritual the, the spiritual condition of our soul, especially when it has to do with opening the door, when God stands at the door and speaks and God stands at the door and knocks. For what does it profit a man, the Bible says, to gain the whole world and lose his soul, church? The reality is, listen, what good is it for me to take advantage of every other opportunity that life affords me and yet overlook the spiritual ones? What advantage is it for me to make all sorts of money? What advantage is there for me to say I love my wife and hug my kids and do all of those other good things and not take advantage of building my relationship with the Father? There's no advantage to that. 
There's no eternal advantage, at least. There might be an earthly advantage to doing all of those things, but there's no eternal, there's no eternal advantage. So the most important opportunity we must take uh, advantage of is our opportunity to grow in grace and grow in knowledge and grow in our relationship and in fellowship with the Father. And that's the main thing that I want to talk to you about this evening. Above all the other opportunities that were granted each day in 2012, the greatest is our, is our chance for spiritual advancement or success. The greatest opportunity we can have, church, is to have fellowship with the Father. That's why over the last several weeks, if you look at everything that I've been speaking to you about over the last several weeks, except for the, the holiday message I brought you, is all about the pursuit of godliness. It's all about pursuing a, a deeper, more intimate relationship with God, church. Be, because our greatest opportunity is to seek Him while He may be found. Our greatest opportunity is to call upon Him while He is near, church, because the days are evil and we need Him today more than we ever needed Him before. Amen? The reality is we need Jesus today more than we need it. We're going to need Him more in 2012 than we needed Him in 2011. I promise you that because the days are growing more and more evil and our opportunities to get it right, our opportunities to fall in love with Jesus, our opportunities to be salt and light, our opportunities to witness, our opportunity to worship, our our opportunities to walk with him and talk with him in the cool of the day are getting less and less and less, less and less. And that's why if we're wise, we're to make the most of our opportunities because the days are evil and our time is short, church. The truth is, every day we have an opportunity to pursue good or evil. That's the reality. The opportunity to do right or to do wrong. Every day we have the opportunity to walk by the Spirit or walk by the flesh. Every day we have an opportunity to please the Spirit or grieve the Spirit. Every day we have an opportunity to do what's right in my eyes or do what's right in the eyes of my Father. Every day I have an opportunity to walk in my own ways or walk in the ways of the Word and walk in the ways of of our Father. But what we have to understand is that the opportunities that we have been called to pursue are godly ones. They're wise ones. They're righteous ones. There are selfless ones, opportunities that please the Father and opportunities that bless us in the process. What you need to realize is that every day you're going to have an opportunity to sin. And if you take advantage of that opportunity, guess what? You're not going to please the Father and you're not going to find any blessings at the end of that road. You're going to find heartache. There's a way that seems right unto men, but its end leads to destruction. Well, good. You took advantage of that opportunity. Good for you, but it's not taking you anywhere. You see, the reality is there's good opportunities and there's bad opportunities. There's righteous opportunities and unrighteous opportunities. And God grants us the freedom to pursue any one of them. But if you want to succeed spiritually in 2011, if you want the anointing of God and the goodness of God and the promises of God and the presence of God and the power of God and the provisions of God, and I can go on and on and on. If you want the goodness of God to be bestowed upon your life, you have to make the most of every godly opportunity that's been given to you. And what we have to do is we've got to look back over 2011. The only way 2012 can be successful is if you allow the Holy Spirit to examine 2011 in your life. Say like David, go back and look at 2011. Examine 2011. Look at some areas that I, I could have done better, should have done better, would have done better if. 
If I would have pursued those opportunities and do better in 2012. I, I don't tell you to go back and look at 2011 just to, so you can walk in condemnation and walk in guilt. But so that you might see some mistakes that we made. So that you might allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to teach us some things so we might do them better in 2012. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to teach us as we enter into 2012. I used the title for my message tonight. To remind us that no matter what uncertainties 2012 might hold, one thing is certain. It will be filled with opportunities. Opportunities to do good or opportunities to do evil. 1 Peter 3.11 tells us that we are to shun evil. We're to run away from evil. We're to walk away from evil. Turn our back on evil and do good. So it should be very clear to us what Paul is speaking about and what the Word of God is speaking about concerning opportunities. There's nowhere in Scripture where it tells us to take advantage of evil opportunities. There's nowhere in Scripture where it tells us to take advantage of one another, of an opportunity to, to, you know, to, to suck the life out of somebody or any of those things. We need to take advantage of the, the good, positive opportunities that the Lord has put before us. Remember, the days are evil. The days that we're living in, all you've got to do is look around, watch the news. Look at society. The days are evil. They're wicked. They're filled with unrighteousness. They're filled with ungodliness. You can't ever turn on a news report and not find some kind of evil and unrighteous and wickedness going on, either locally, statewide, or nationally. The world is in turmoil. The world is upside down. The world is in chaos. The world is filled with wickedness, church. And if there were ever a time for us to be strong in the Lord, if there were ever a time for us to put on the full armor of God, if there were ever a time, church, for us to make the most of our godly opportunities, it's today. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Today is when we have to take advantage of the opportunity. When we wake up in the morning, and I'm talking to me too, one of the first things we've got to say in our prayer time with God is, God, don't let me miss the opportunity. Don't let me miss that opportunity. Don't let me miss the opportunity to witness. Don't let me miss the opportunity to bless my wife or bless my children. Don't let me miss the opportunity to hear your voice and to fellowship with you or to be a blessing to my coworker. Don't let me miss that opportunity, God. We have to tune in, like I said earlier. If we're not tuned in, we're going to miss all of those opportunities. But it's what we have to do, especially because the days are evil. I hope we all realize one of the reasons that we do midweek service, reasons that we might do Monday night prayer or Monday night men, or we might do quest for authentic manhood, or the reason we do ladies Bible study, or the reason that we have a ladies support group at Recovery House, or the reason we have all sorts of other uh, ministries available to us at South Metro Ministries isn't because we don't have anything else to do. We have a new believers class. We have small groups. And I can go on and on with all of these opportunities that are available to us. And I want you to understand, we don't make those opportunities available to the body of Christ because we don't have anything better to do. Because we just got some empty spots on our calendar. I, I, I want you to understand that we do, don't do all of those things just to give our people something to do or so that the, pay, uh, the staff can earn their keep. The reason we do all of those things is to give you another opportunity to grow. 
Another opportunity to come into fellowship with the Father. Another opportunity to find spiritual success in your life. To find healing or to find recovery or to find restoration for your marriage or your family or your mind or your finances. We do all of those things because it's our job to provide you with an opportunity, a good chance to advance in the things of God and and, and in your life. It's why we make those things available. And listen to me, church. The Bible says, I'm thankful you're here tonight because you're not part of the foolish crowd. Because the Word of God, I'm not saying that the Word of God says the individual that does not make the most of their opportunities is foolish. It's foolish for people not to be in the house of God when they can be in the house of God. It's foolish to be on a ball field instead of the house of God. It's foolish to be playing softball when you can be building up your spirit in the house of God. I'm not saying that to condemn anybody. I'm telling you that this is what the word means when it says make the most of the opportunities that are given to you. It amazes me how many churches have ministries that are empty because their people are not making the most of the opportunity. But they'll be the first to come knocking on the pastor's door, crying and whining and saying, I need an hour or two hours of your time because my life's falling apart. You see, the reality is when someone comes into my, my office for counseling and they begin to talk about the difficulties, and I'm not the only one, all the staff asks this. Have you been making the most of your opportunities? Well, my life's falling apart. I, I don't know how to communicate to my, my son or my daughter. My family seems to be. Well, have you ever come to the quest for authentic manhood? Have you ever come to our Monday night men's class? Have you ever come to discipleship? I, 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 I don't know what it means to be a believer. Well, well I, I'm struggling my Christianity. Well, have you ever gone to the new beginners class? Have you ever gone to recovery house? Have you ever been in the ladies? I ask all of those things, and the answer is usually no, I haven't. Well, guess what? You're a fool. I don't say that. God says that. Because God has provided apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers. He's provided all of those things for the equipping of the saints. So you don't have to come knocking at the door, whining and crying every time something goes wrong in your life. Because you are equipping yourself. Because you're making the most of every opportunity you can to succeed in your life. This is what we have to understand. This is what the Word of God is teaching. This is what we should be focused on in 2012, in succeeding in every area of our life. And we can't do that without taking advantage of the opportunity. Listen, I know there's people have to work. I know there's people that cannot be here all the time. I can't be here every single day out of the week. But when we begin to start making excuses... Instead of taking advantage of the opportunities, our life won't turn around. And every area of our life will suffer and we will not succeed. Listen, if you want success in your marriage, you better put yourself in places that build up your marriage. You better take advantage of every opportunity you can to sow seeds of of strength into your marriage. Financially, the same thing. If you're struggling financially, uh, I think pretty soon we got this Dave Ramsey uh, financial freedom thing coming up. Well, I don't know if I want to take that. You know, that's for a bunch of rich people that have money. You know, that's not me. And I can't even listen. I don't care if you learn one little thing out of it. It helps you succeed. 
It's one step after the other. And it's the same way with everything. It's time we put the pride aside and we start letting God do what God wants to do. I don't care. Yeah, you might feel a little shame pulling into recovery house parking lot. Maybe you'll think somebody thinks it. But listen, you know what I think when I see some? They're serious. They're serious about succeeding. They're serious about recovery. They're serious about getting things right. We've got to get serious in 2012. Stop worrying about what every rinky-dink other person thinks. You've got to worry about yourself, church. Amen, amen. And succeed, especially because the days are evil. This is what we have to keep in mind. We do all of these other things because we believe Sunday service isn't enough to last the whole week through, church. Sunday service is not enough to, to last you all week long. We believe you need another occasion to find favor with God. We believe you need another chance to advance in your walk with God. We believe you need another opportunity to acquire spiritual success in your life. The reality is Sunday service is not enough to get us through the entire week. Especially if it's the only time we read our Bible. Especially if Sunday is the only time you, you sing a song to God. Especially if Sunday is the only time you open up the Word of God. Especially if Sunday is the only time you have any kind of communication with God. If that's the case, Sunday certainly not enough for you. And it's why we have all these other things, church. Because Sunday all by itself is not enough. But unfortunately, it's the way it is with so many believers today. Sunday morning is their only source of food. Sunday morning for so many believers is the only time they open up the Word of God. The only time they, they look up. The only time they sing a song. The only time they got a little dance. Only time they clap their hand. Only time they, they bend a knee and call out to God. Sunday is the only time so many individuals have any kind of relationship with God. It's got to change if you want to succeed. You've got to make the most of every opportunity. That's why we changed our name to South Metro Ministries. Because we know not only us, we know the, the community needs every opportunity they can to overcome this world. Every opportunity they can to overcome the enemy, to overcome flesh, to overcome sin. Overcome the, the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and, and the pride of life. Turn on the TV for ten minutes and you'll see that this, this coming year... I don't know about you, but I've seen some pretty... Uh, I, I'm watching normal good shows, and yet they got some commercials on that, and I'm thinking, good Lord, where'd that come from? You can see they're pushing the envelope already in 2011. You'll see commercials you've never seen before. The days are evil, the Bible says. And we need to make the most of every opportunity. When the church makes available to its people opportunities to grow in grace... And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and they don't take them, God calls it foolish. God calls it foolish. When someone comes to me, like I said, for counseling, I don't call them fools. But one of the first things I have to do is say, are you making the most of your opportunities? And if they're not, I try to steer them in the right direction. And in 2012, we need to steer our lives in the right direction as well. When David, as a young lad, wandered into the camp of Israel, when they were battling Goliath, they were actually suffering defeat. 
The Bible tells us that he saw an opportunity. It doesn't use these words, but in my interpretation, I believe David saw an opportunity to bring victory to God's people, and he took it. You have to understand, you know the story. David wasn't part of the army. David wasn't enlisted in the army. David wasn't even of proper age, but the Bible tells us he saw a chance to advance, and he took it, church. In 1 Samuel 17:40, the Bible tells us before David battled Goliath, it says this. He took, and I want you to notice the wording, he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones and put them in his pouch. Who do you think took responsibility for victory? Who do you think took advantage of the opportunity that was sitting before him? It was David. He didn't rely on anybody else. Three three or four times he took his staff in his hand. He didn't take the staff and put it in someone else's hand and say, go march out onto the field for me. He took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself, not for anybody else, five smooth stones and put them in his pouch. I want you to understand David was prepared for battle. I want you to understand David was prepared to to take advantage of the opportunity that laid before him. Understand, he didn't take the stones that he collected to his brothers who were in the army. He didn't say, here, brothers, here's five stones and here's my sling. And if you march out there onto the field, you you can whoop Goliath and bring victory to us all. He didn't do that. He took advantage of his own opportunity. He didn't even go to King Saul and say, hey, Saul, here's some stones. Here's a sling. I know this will work. Go fight the fight. What did David do? He took advantage of his own opportunity. You see, the reality is, I can't take advantage of your opportunity, and you can't take advantage of mine. God gives you opportunity, and God gives me opportunity. But far too often, we take our stones, and we give them to somebody else. We take our opportunity, and we pawn it off on somebody else. We want someone else to do the fighting, someone else to take the staff, someone else to to walk to the brook, someone else to do the battle. You see, sometimes... Sometimes, listen, sometimes uh, we got to fight for our opportunity. Sometimes we got to press on and press through in order to take advantage of the opportunity. Sometimes opportunity doesn't come easy, church. But we got to work our way through it. My point with this is that for your opportunity to be successful, you have to take responsibility for it. I have to take responsibility for it. Listen, David grabbed five smooth stones, not because he thought he would miss. But because David knew that there were other giants that he might have to face. David knew that there were other enemies that he might have to face. David knew that if I take down Goliath, five more might rise up behind him. Or four more might rise up behind I better be prepared for a, a continued fight. You see, the reality is, so many times we throw the first stone and because Goliath doesn't fall, we give up and we run away. So often when the walls don't fall, the first time we march around them and shout and blow the trumpet and do what we think God called us to do, we quit. We stop more. David didn't do that. David prepared himself. He took advantage of his opportunity. And whether he had one stone or five stones, David was determined to take advantage of his opportunity. I'm going to take advantage of my opportunity. We've got to learn to do that, church, in 2012. David understood that Goliath might not fall after the first stone was thrown, but either way, David was going to be ready. The reality is, he made the most of his opportunity, and you know the story as well as I do, he became king because of it. David took advantage of his, of his chance. If you look at the, the, the definition that I told you earlier, 
One of the definitions for opportunity is a good chance to advance. David took advantage of his chance to advance, and he became king because of it. You see, there's a lot of blessings out there. There's a lot of promises out there. There's a lot of advancement out there to be had in the kingdom of God. And God is only going to advance the individual that's willing to make the most of their opportunity. God is only going to advance the individual that's willing to step out, the, the individual that's willing to walk by the brook and pull out five smooth stones, even though Goliath's standing right beside yelling at him, mocking at him, uh, making fun of him. God's only going to advance the individual that prepares themselves to make the most of their opportunity. I say all that because, look, and I've preached some of this stuff before. If you don't do anything to prepare yourself for the opportunity you have on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, when you walk into the house of God, don't plan for success. Don't plan for anything to change. David prepared himself. He understood that what Saul gave him as armor wasn't good enough. It didn't feel right, didn't fit right. He needed the armor of God. He prepared himself. He walked down into that brook. He had his staff. He had his pouch. He had his sling. He didn't borrow anything from anybody else. He walked down to that brook and he took five smooth stones while the giant was standing in the valley right beside of him. And because he made the most of his opportunity, God made him king. You need to understand, if you want to advance spiritually, you better make the most of your opportunity. And you've got to prepare yourself for it as well. Opportunity comes, but we've got to be prepared to take advantage of that. Every time you come into the house of God, you have an opportunity. Every time you come into the presence of God, you've got an opportunity. And there is a preparation process that has to take place first. Every time we go to the Word of God, if you go cold-hearted into the Word of God, it's not going to benefit you one bit. It's a seed that might be sown, but please understand, if you go cold-hearted into the Word of God, it won't benefit you. You've got to prepare the soil of your soul. If you want the seeds of eternity to do anything in here, you better prepare here before one seed comes out of here. You've got to go before God. You've got to understand that this is a time that God wants to sow some seeds of eternity into my soul. And I've got to prepare myself for that. When I come into the house of God, when I go into my prayer closet, any time I come into fellowship with God, there is a preparation process that must take place. Or that, that, that opportunity won't benefit us at all. Please understand, in 2012, all of those things, hear the voice of God. Know who's, who's talking. Know who's knocking. Prepare yourself to take advantage of those opportunities, church, and take, the, take personal responsibility for them as well. David was going to make the most of his opportunity to slay his giant and find success for God's people. The problem is, most of us don't take advantage of our opportunities like David did. Most of us, like I said... Don't ever even make it to the brook. Most of us, most of us, so often, will find ourselves like King Saul or David's brothers, looking at the situation, looking at the circumstances, shaking and quaking on the side of the hill, instead of taking advantage of our opportunity. Listen, why do you think the devil throws junk your way? 
Why do you think the devil brings trouble your way? Why do you think the devil does everything he can to disrupt you and distract you and frighten you and scare you and fill you up with fear? Why? Because he knows that there's an opportunity for success there for you and me. And he'll do everything that he can. You see, Goliath knew and the devil knew. They just tried to scare them enough, so they did exactly what they did. For 40 days and 40 nights, the Bible says they trembled. They were sore from fear, and they sat on the side of a hillside. God's army, God's chosen people, royal priesthood, shook and quaked on the side of a mountain because of one man. It's what devil does. Because the devil knew, and Goliath knew, that if they they would just get past me, They've got a chance to advance. If they just get past me, they've got a chance to succeed. And that's what the devil does. He throws all kinds of junk at you and tries to frighten you because he doesn't want you to take advantage of your opportunity. But I want you to understand, every time you're standing by a Goliath, there's a chance to advance. Every time you're standing in the valley of Elah with a nine-foot giant trying to keep you from going forward, you are facing a chance to advance, to overcome, to succeed, to have victory in your life, and to do what you've never done before. Do you understand what I'm saying? They took down one man, and the whole army scattered, the Bible says. It came in, it came in one way, and God scattered them seven ways. Because David made the most of his opportunity, church. And you and I are faced with that opportunity every single day. We have a chance to defeat our Goliath. We have a chance to march around walls. We have a chance to part some seas. We have a chance to have the power of God come flowing into our life. But the reality is, most of us won't even go to the brook because we see Goliath standing there. And we spend our Christian life on a hillside, trembling and shaking, not advancing the kingdom of God, not advancing in our marriage, not advancing in any area of our life, because we're afraid to make the most of our opportunity, church. Sad reality is, even when we do make it to the brook, the first stone that's thrown, and I said it just a while ago, you know, there's levels, but there's a lot of us, and I've been there before. You know, I've had the courage, okay, God, I went to the brook, I grabbed my stone, threw the stone, but nothing happened, you know, and I give up, run away, turn my back, and we can't afford that to happen in 2012. I say that because, listen, again, I'm going back to 2012 will be filled with giants. 2012, somewhere in 2012, you're going to find yourself in the Valley of Elah. And somewhere in 2012, you're going to find yourself standing at a Red Sea. Somewhere in 2012, you're going to find yourself standing in a wilderness. Somewhere in 2012, you're going to think that all the odds that can be against you are against you. But what you have to understand is that in the midst of that, just like David, he saw an opportunity and he took it. And we have to do the same thing. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are children of Jehovah, church. And we should not let enemy, any enemy stand against us. We sang it. If God is for us, who can stand against us? We need to take that and invest that into the opportunity that God grants us each and every day and see how far we can go with God. Amen? We have to understand. 2012 is our personal responsibility. We have to, and what we do with that responsibility is up to us. I can't make you advance. I can't force you to take advantage of the opportunities that are given to you. 
at every level. I can't force you to take advantage of the opportunity you have to, to better your marriage. I can't force you to take, take advantage of the opportunities that you have to build up your family and get them in the house of God. And I can't force you to do anything like that. The reality is 2012, what we have to understand, it's our own personal responsibility. And what we do with that is up to us. All I can do is encourage you to take advantage of it. All I can do, like with pastors, provide you opportunities to advance spiritually and to find success. But we all have to make the most of our own opportunities, church. David understood what it meant to make the most of his opportunity. The truth is, every time David had an opportunity to taste of the Lord, he did. You know the passage. One day... One day in his house is better than a thousand elsewhere. There's all sorts of scriptures that David talks about. He understood what it meant to make the most of every opportunity to taste of the Lord and see that he is good every time he had an opportunity or a favorable occasion to seek the Lord for success. He took it, and so should we, especially because the days are evil. And as I wind this down and get ready to close, here's what I want to close with. In 2 Samuel 15, another example of David, he finds himself in the center of heartache. Finds himself in the center of trouble. Finds his world falling apart. Finds his kingdom about to crash. His daughter Tamar has been raped. His daughter, talking about David. His daughter Tamar had been raped by his own son Amnon. David's other brother Absalom murdered Amnon for that rape. Absalom, because of the murder, was sent away. He was expelled from the kingdom. Now, in this passage of scripture, and at this time, according to the passage, I tell you... Absalom has turned against David because David expelled him from the kingdom. David's kingdom is now dividing. It's falling apart. The people that once cheered for him as he marched down the street now are turning against him because of Absalom. Reality is David's future here is unclear. His life is in danger. A large army is on the march against him and only a handful of faithful followers. They're about to overthrow him. They want to kill him. David's commander-in-chief has left him. He's turned coat and went to the other side. David only has a handful of faithful men. His own son is fighting for David's throne, and David's life is at risk. And yet, what does David do? He looks for his opportunity. He looks, in the middle of all of this, for his chance to advance. He realizes that even though my kingdom's falling apart, even though everyone that once cheered for me has now set themselves against me, there is a favorable occasion for me to succeed. You see, David looked at this picture. He looked at that whole scenario. He looked at what we would look at and call a miserable mess, a hopeless situation. And yet in the middle of that situation, David saw a chance to advance. David saw a chance to succeed. David saw a way to go forward and come out on the other end. David saw what most of us don't see in the middle of our despair, what we most of us don't see in the middle of our trial or in the middle of our tribulation. And in 2012, we have to have eyes to see that opportunity if we want to succeed. We have to have eyes that see that chance to advance that God has put before us, church. He, he saw a chance for me to succeed, for me to achieve my goal, for me to find success. It's what opportunity is all about, church. Because look, 2 Samuel, as I close, 1530-31. While David was running for his life, while all of this was going on, while Absalom was on the march against him, it says David walked up the road 
that led to the Mount of Olives, to that place where people pray. I want you to understand this place that he went was, it was called the place where people prayed. It was a place of power. It was a place of promise. It was a place of provision. And it was certainly a place of opportunity. And the Bible says he went to that place and he was weeping as he went. And I'm saying that because making the most of our opportunity isn't always easy, church. And it won't be in 2012. Sometimes coming to church. Sometimes reading the word, sometimes making your way to the place of prayer, sometimes fasting, sometimes singing, sometimes giving, sometimes sacrificing and tithing isn't easy. Sometimes coming to midweek service, sometimes coming to Bible study or Monday night men or or doing family devotions. Sometimes those things aren't easy, church. Sometimes making the most of your opportunity, like with David, is an uphill battle And sometimes we might find ourselves weeping along the way, just like David did. But if we, like David, continue to make the most of our opportunity, I want you to know that success lies at the end of that road. Because if you know this story, with the little clan that David had, God turned things around. And he brought victory to David. He gave David another chance to advance, and he restored the kingdom back unto David. Why? Because he made the most of his opportunity. When, when, when most of us would have quit, when most of us would have thrown in the towel, when most of us would have walked away, when most of us would have got angry at God and bickered at God and grumbled at God, when most of us would have said, forget this, I, 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 and I'll, I'm walking away from all this, God, you can have it. When most of us would have not seen an opportunity, David saw an opportunity and he made the most of it. And because he did, church, he advanced. He advanced. Far too often we let our opportunity pass us by. Far too often we get busy. We get overcommitted. We get stretched too thin. We get too frightened. We get too tired. We get too troubled. We get caught up in the cares of this world instead of the cares of the kingdom. And before you know it, we've missed our opportunity. But Paul said, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men but as wise men who make the most of their opportunity in good times or in bad. How many of you want to make the most of your opportunity in 2012? Amen. I want you to stand your feet because here's how we're going to close. I don't know what opportunities you will have, but you will have them. You'll have good opportunities and you'll have bad opportunities. You'll have an opportunity to advance the kingdom of light or advance the kingdom of darkness. What we do with those opportunities is up to us. But God is saying, I want you to be wise. I want you to make, make the most of every opportunity that I bring your way. So as we close, I want you to give yourself to God. I know you've already done it for 2012, but this is my first message for for 2012, first Wednesday. And I want us together to just say, God, I'm going to commit myself to making the most of every opportunity that you give me. That every morning, uh, I'm sensitive to your voice, sensitive to your leading, that I can hear your knock, that, that I'm not distracted by all these other things, but that I can be wise and make the most of my opportunity to advance. Amen? If that's your desire, just pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for... Your spirit, we thank you for your word. 
We thank you, Father God, that tonight is actually an opportunity for us to advance. Tonight is an opportunity for us to fellowship with you, to hear from you. It's an opportunity to demonstrate our devotion to you. It's an opportunity, God, for us to grow closer to you. It's an opportunity for us to commit ourselves and consecrate ourselves to you for 2012. It's an opportunity, God, for us to have heard from your word, to sit at your feet and to choose the better portion, God. Every day in 2012 is an opportunity for us, oh God. To grow in more in love with you, to, to be salt, to be light, to, to build our marriage, to build our spouse, to be a better father, to be a better husband, to be a better mother, to be a better wife, God. We have all of these opportunities, God, that will come our way in 2012. And it is my prayer that you empower us, God, by your spirit, empower us by your word, empower us by your presence, God, to make the most of every one of those opportunities, especially because the day is evil. God, if we ever needed you, we need you now. If we ever needed your power and your strength and your anointing and your spirit, we need it in 2012. God, we know there's uncertainties coming. We know that there's all sorts of things that we will face that we don't have an answer to. I know, Father, that there's unrest all across this world and all across this globe, God. But I pray that in the midst of it, that we will still make the most of every opportunity we have been granted. Let us be salt. Let us be light. Let us get into your word. Let us go into the prayer closet, God. Let us come into the house of God as often as we can. Let us, Father God, help us, I I would rather say, to, to make the most of every opportunity that you have given and granted to us, God. Help us to be wise and not fools. Help us, oh God, I pray, in 2012 to be everything that you have called us to be. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the opportunity to be sons and daughters and to be in fellowship with you. Help us to make the most of it, I pray, as we go. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Can we just bless the Lord, church, for his faithfulness, for his word. As always, if you have a special need, be happy to tarry with you and pray. Otherwise, go and make the most of your opportunity. Amen.